0: Hello? Hi. Can you hear me?
1: I don't hear you. Oh, no. Now I hear you. Okay. <laughs> it helps when you turn on the volume button. <laughs> that helps.
0: Yeah, it helps. Or the headphones.
1: <laughs> or the headphones or any of the other gadgets that should be there. Yeah.
0: How are you? I'm good. Good, good.
1: Good. And you? And you? Yeah, and you? Yeah, and yeah. I'm good. Good. I, I have do. exciting news to tell you when we get around to it. Awesome. Anna's in the house. Yeah.
2: I'm Hi. in the house. Hello hello. hello, hello.
0: Hello, And now, time for our <laughs> weekly therapy. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, no kidding. Yes. Uh, for really sure. Let
0: something. me
1: rearrange my chair so I stop squeaking. <laughs> every day, I think, you know, I really got to oil this chair or take it apart or do whatever. And, <laughs> and every day, I don't do it. And then I'm back again with the squeaky chair. <laughs> got to take it to a.
2: Chair repair, oil change.
1: Can <laughs> you get an oil change? One time at the uh, at at the bull, uh, the chair was really really squeaky. I mean, it was just driving me crazy. And I was trying to fix it, and I couldn't do it. And I'm like, oh. And and they brought in the engineer, and I'm like, you're kidding. We have to have the actual audio engineer come in and fix the chair. He couldn't do it either. This guy, I love this guy, Alex. He's oh, so yeah. such a great guy. He took that chair completely apart and put it completely back together, and it still squeaked. Like no idea why that is. Some chairs just squeak. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't the chair? Right. If it was me. Your knees. <laughs> right. <With> your jaw. <laughs> my jaw. I've had that. I've I've recorded something and listened back and heard my jaw pop in it and like, oh, that's not healthy. Oh, <laughs> did did you ever get it fixed? My jaw? Yes, my jaw's fine. Did you have to eat a lot of flaxseed oil or <laughs> <laughs> oil can. Oil can. <laughs> That's what did it. I'm sad that I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm relieved that you get it considering all the th- classic movies you've never seen. Thank God. At least you've seen The Wizard of Oz. I've seen The Wizard of Oz. I have not seen The Wiz. Uh-oh. Oh, The Wiz is lovely. That was the first, um, I think that was the first Broadway musical I ever saw. I was like t- probably f- four or five years old. Wow. Yeah. I actually went to a stage whiz, huh? Yeah. The stage whiz. Yeah. yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really something. As a kid, I was like, this is great. And then I had the record, and it's fun. The movie, there's a terrible movie (laughs) with, uh, oh, man, who's in the movie? Michael Jackson. Diana Ross. And and Diana Ross, Nipsey Russell. All these really great people came together to make a ridiculously bad movie. All musicals. Some musicals should not be made into movies. Like, that Cats was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I had to wash my eyes (laughs) after I saw Cats. (laughs) But then, like. Chorus line was good, Les Mis was good. Um, Hamilton doesn't count because they just basically filmed the stage show. Um, it can be. That Chicago was good, but um, woo, Wiz bad, Cats bad. <laughs> people see those things and be like, oh, why do people like Broadway? It's so weird, right? Man, I know why. it gives it a bad name. I I've it never really heard does. Broadway. <laughs> what What do you
2: think of the ones that they actually did live on TV?
1: Uh, it depends on who's in them. Some are great and some are terrible. I think Carrie
2: Underwood was oh. in sa- was a sound of music awful um, Carrie underwood and
1: and the guy from True Blood, two like really immensely talented people who just looked ridiculously bad on television. <laughs> you know what was a good one was the um Jesus Christ superstar with John Legend. And I'm not that big a fan of John Legend. I, I think he, I mean, I like his music, I guess, but he's sort of, I don't know, milk toast. He's kind of like, just sits there and sings. So I didn't think he would be particularly charismatic as Jesus, who should be very charismatic. And uh, he was great. And the guy from Hamilton played Judas. And I mean, it was really, it was, that was a good one. Hmm. And the the Peter Pan one was good too. That was Allison whats her chickie from, uh... uh girls was in that she was that was a good one so they you know they're they're hit or miss you didn't say, oh the Peter Pan one's good yeah
2: see all I remember was uh a gymnast was in it
1: (laughs) 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 do you guys know what I'm talking about back in the day yeah it was um yeah it was what's oh god I can't think of the gymnast I can't think of her name she was like the most famous like gymnast of of that era and I can't think of her name right now gymnast Peter Pan (laughs)
2: Kathy Rigby. <laughs> Kathy Rigby,
1: yes, yes, Kathy Rigby. Oh, wait a minute.
2: Why does she look okay? The pictures that I'm seeing, she's um so much older.
1: Hmm. Well, hello. As it's, Peter uh, Pan. To, oh, oh, as Peter Pan.
2: Yeah, like well, she's in a Peter Pan outfit as a, like a
1: 60 year old. Re- they probably did a remake thing. Yeah, I see what you're looking at. Yeah, you're looking at like a a redo thing. She did it for a she did it for a long time so she was a lost boy (laughs) as a 60 year old woman (laughs) a 60 year old female lost boy (laughs) and I think I mean I don't know if this
2: would have counted as a musical but like I think back in the either the 2000s or the uh, late 90s um I remember Whitney Houston was playing Cinderella now I don't know if that would have been I don't think it was like some stage show though I think it was an actual let's film this and put a lot of music in it kind of show um Cinderella? She was Cinderella. That sounds and, great. Yeah. And then she had her stepsisters who didn't look a thing like her.
1: Rindercello? <laughs> <laughs> what <did> you say? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there Well their no? steps their stepsisters, they wouldn't look like her. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean they might, but
2: i gotta relearn the concept of stepsisters you sure do how does this work Hmm. oh oh boy you know maybe that heat still got to me from last week a week ago was furnace creek here with triple digit temps and today it feels like a crisp fall day
1: at least here in king county it is here. It is here too. It, it's kind of overcast and in the sixties. I guess it hit seventy. It's. I love it. It actually feels great. But it does. It feel. It feels like we went from like the heat of summer to the crisp of fall in like two days. Are we going back to the heat of summer?
0: Right. It's like what is going on?
2: I don't know if this heat dome will come back. I'm really hoping
1: not. <sighs> it's been devastating. the The deaths keep. Going up, I keep seeing more and more stories about, you know, th- them coming back and attributing not just in, you know, it Oregon, Washington and British Columbia, like all three really just and not only that, but crops like shellfish apparently died out. Apparently, we're going to have a shortage of, of certain kinds of shellfish because oh. they couldn't hack the heat um, and some other, you know, crops like, you know, vegetables and stuff. There's other stuff that just could not take the heat. Isn't that scary? You don't think about that. I'm seeing
2: some flowers and some some portions of some trees uh, and bushes just didn't quite make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've seen that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact,
0: um, there was some advice I read that said if you uh, were in that hot spell to give your plant some water and give it a little rest and then give it about three days before you trim off those dark leaves. Because it needs to, you know, uh, it needs to, a minute to reacclimate. So I'm like, oh, I would have just pulled all those leaves right off, you know.
1: Interesting, meaning they would, they would, they came back. They would have come back.
0: Um, Well, it's traumatizing to them. So if you, (gasps) yeah, so if you um, cut cut them all off, it could die. Okay. Rather than Mm -hmm. if you're just wait and patient and, you know, don't overdo it which is right. hard for me i am um, that's what i do if a little water's good a lot must be really good
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to protect them <laughs> i know. just trying <laughs> mm.
1: yeah I, I like to deadhead them too i'm like oh gotta gotta pull those dead blooms and leaves off boop 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 so, so yeah important. I- <laughs> yeah Yeah, we we had some stuff the vegetables loved it our vegetables grew like they were from another planet everything just exploded but a lot of the flowers died Mm -hmm. yeah your tomatoes must. tomatoes love the heat Mm -hmm.
0: so claire had some exciting news
1: what is that uh i am going to italy next month
2: what (gasps) do tell oh my god
1: isn't that crazy it's crazy i can't even believe i'm doing it um My brother is there. He's not exactly living there, but he has spent a lot of time, as much time as he could spend there uh, on and off over the past three and a half years. Um, he's working on a project there. I can't, that's it's his story to tell, so I can't tell you what it is that he's doing. Uh, but my brother is a musician and a writer, and um, there is uh, something there in this uh, magical little village of Quarna, which is in the Alps, northern Italy, uh, very close to, to Switzerland. And oh, um, my gosh. there's a music factory there and just a, a, a wonderful place to, to make and study music. And so he's been there on and off for a few years, and he's been been wanting me to come when he's there. And it's just, it's never worked out schedule and money and yada, yada, yada. And then this pandemic happened. And then the flip side of the pandemic is like, you know what? A pandemic happened. (laughs) You just, you just Mm -hmm. never know what is going to happen in this life. Right. And you can't Mm -hmm. keep, as much as I'm very much about saving for the future and, you know, having savings and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. I'm also like, very much of the, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow school. And so I finally married those two sides of myself and decided, what the heck? Um, Plus he's assisting me financially (laughs) with the decision. He sort of of made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And so I'm like, you know what, if not now, when? So I decided to go. And um, I'm really excited about it. I'm not... I'm not worried about the pandemic in terms of like mm-hmm. am I going to get it. I'm a little concerned about if this Delta variant thing flares up that they might start oh, oh, closing and canceling no. things again. But I went ahead and purchased trip insurance and you know I have other good. You know, I'm taking, you know, it's a they still they're still doing no change fees on tickets on Delta and and that kind of thing. So, um I'm not too worried about it and I'm surprised I'm not because I angsted over this decision for, like, a couple of weeks. I just angsted and angsted and angsted. And finally, I'm like, what the heck? And now that I've made the decision, I'm so light and happy. (sighs) And I can't wait until it gets done. And that's something, I mean, I'd love to talk about the trip. But, Lori, that's something I wanted to talk about with you is, like, um, cause I know as a coach, you know, you probably encounter this with people. You often say as a coach, which I learned when I took the coach training, that when people say, I don't know what to do, you always say, you do know what to do. Exactly. You just need, <laughs> need to get through the obstacles that are in your way. And, and once I made this decision, I felt so light and I just like, what is that? What is it about whether it's good, bad, up, down, left, right? What is it about decision-making that frees us so much?
0: isn't that something? Mm-hmm. It's empowering. It is. And so you must already have a uh your passport and everything in order?
1: Yes, yes. I've uh I've had a passport for several years and uh, and yes, it's not expired. <laughs> it's uh it's good to go. And um yeah, I have a passport and and I I had so- already signed up for remember we talked about TSA precheck that yes. not that that's going to not going to help me in Europe, but it'll uh, it'll it'll help me to get out of the U.S. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, and I have you know it's not I am going by myself. Sharon's not able to go with me for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm going to basically be with my brother when I'm in this in this little village. But then I'm going to Rome by myself for a few days, and that's oh. some, that's something I've never done. I've never been by myself anywhere let alone a foreign country i mean i've spent days by myself other times when sharon and i have traveled when she's off doing her art artist things i've been by myself during the day to to see sites and do whatever but this will be the first time i've really like gone somewhere by myself um but you know it'll be fine wow yeah oh my
2: god first off, that is amazing. I am I'm so jealous. I am so jealous <laughs> right now because that is exactly my thought is uh, before this pandemic, I was all about save, save, save then later on mm-hmm. these trips. but now that the pandemic happened, we've been stuck to go out there. and so good oh I'm so I'm so happy for you. I'm excited. and Thank you. then, my question is, would
1: you have felt this light if you had said no? Oh, good question. No, no, I don't think so. Mm. I, th- I think, you know, the, the tipping point really for me was something that Sharon, my wife, said to me, which is something that her mother once said to her, which is, you only regret the things you don't do um and I'm like I no, I think I would be filled with with regret and sadness oh I wish I'd done that and I should have done that and yeah I I think you're right Anna I don't think I'd feel this light I I think I'd Mm. I'd be resolved that I made a decision and and I'll go next time but Mm -hmm. um I don't think I would I'm I'm just really happy for the first time in months (laughs) I mean months and months and months I'm actually really just excited about something and and I don't think that would have been the case in the other direction
0: so oh my god! i have two questions
1: one is uh will you go on a gondola no because i'm not going to venice oh okay i'm going to um the northwest corner which is milan Um, we'll probably go to milan and turin uh torino Um, but mostly we're going to stay in the little, in the cute little mountain village because that's where the the fun stuff is that we're going to do. Um, and then I'm going down to Rome and I'm going to go to Pompeii because it's Pompeii. Um, but I'm not going to go to Florence because, and this is the, this is where I drew the line. I'm not going to Florence without Sharon. I just can't, I can't go to the most like... Or or Venice. Florence or yeah, Venice. Yeah. I can't go to the most romantic cities in the world oh, and not be with Sharon.
0: That was gonna so, be my next question. Yeah, <laughs> if no, you were...
1: I'm skipping Florence and I'm skipping Venice this time around because I'd like to think that there will be a next time around. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. And I'm excited about taking the train the train from uh Quarna, the village i'll be in down to rome i love trains i love and i know it's a high speed train but i assume i'll still be able to see the countryside yeah. it's not like yeah. it's not like you went by in that much of a blur i, I it's think it's like light speed <laughs> right oh. hyper hyper drive stores <laughs> <laughs> going by um yeah I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that part oh, too that and is then. so cool yeah and the vatican i already the one thing I already bought in advance is I bought my tickets to get into the uh, Vatican, the Sistine oh. Chapel, because apparently that's pretty competitive. Awesome. Well, yeah. when
0: in Rome. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And now my new goal is to try and lose 10 pounds between now and then because I'm going to gain it back. <laughs> I'm Because <like>, oh, <laughs> <kidding>. you <laughs> plan on gaining it back absolutely eating my eating and drinking my way
2: oh the food's gotta be so
1: incredible oh yeah yeah that's can't wait yeah but you'll probably
0: be walking a lot
1: oh yeah Yeah. i will be walking a lot but honey i believe me i will be eating and drinking a lot more relative to how much i want (laughs) That is so cool, and you're gonna be with someone who's already
2: familiar with the area. Um, yes, and yes. Uh, so there's a comfort level there, and you're with somebody that you've known all your life. And yes, I'm I'm
1: floored. I'm floored and happy for you. Thank you, thank you, and I'm I'm really looking forward to spending this this time with my brother too because. Um, it it seems like the last few times we've gotten together, we always have fun together. I love being with my brother, mm-hmm. but um, the last few times have had some some stressful features to them for various reasons. And I, this is going to be like me with him in his element, like really someplace he is so happy and so comfortable, and he knows all these people, and he can't wait to show it off. Oh. and so it's like I feel like I'm going to get the nice. very best of my brother. You know, yeah, very cool. When you
0: asked that question about making the decision, I just looked yeah. up at Facebook and this popped up. Life opens up opportunities to you and you either take them or you stay afraid of taking them.
1: Jim Carrey. Wow. Jim, Jim Carrey? Carrey? So you pulled the Jim Carrey. I did. <laughs> and now you say, do not go in there. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm going to spend the entire time telling lies. Yeah, right. <laughs> or being a Grinch. Right. <laughs> or being a Grinch. Or the whole thing will turn out to be an elaborate reality show and I really actually never went anywhere. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or being dumb and dumber. Yeah,
1: that that I'll be. Is there bowling in, in Italy? <laughs> I don't know. Good question. <laughs> Why do you ask? Let's have to find out. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't know you like bowling. Well, isn't Dumber Dumber? Isn't that the one about bowling? Oh, no, that's Kingpin. Never mind. Same there movie. you go. Same movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
2: Like, wow, that was random. <laughs> he was in a, a dog van and he was on a ski lift and he got his tongue stuck. Oh, oh no, no. It was, was that the other guy <laughs> <laughs> on a frozen sky lift. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Wait, did, oh, they, boy. did they jack the plot from a Christmas story of getting your tongue stuck on a frozen bowl? Right. <laughs> oh,
2: maybe. <laughs> Only this one. <laughs> this one. <laughs> they really made the tongue oh, <laughs> stretch out. <laughs>
1: no, it's hurting it me so right okay. now. <laughs> oh, well. And tell us again oh, no. when you're leaving, Claire. Uh, I am going August 12th. Mm. How long are you going to be there? Ten days.
0: So awesome.
1: I feel like oh, when you're wow. there, we should podcast. Wait, from there? Yeah. That'd be fun.
2: We might be podcasting uh, late at night, Lori. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> look into it.
1: <laughs> let's let's look into it. Assuming I have some kind of decent internet access. Oh, what am I talking about? I need, All I have is my phone. But we'll have, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: it's on Facebook, so it's not like a phone call.
1: No, it's not a phone call. Yeah, it'd be, it would just be, I just need to some good Wi-Fi somewhere. Mm-hmm. Wow. You'd be willing to do that? Of course I'd be willing to do that. That would be a blast. Are you kidding? So nice. That's awesome. That would be hilarious. One time, um, when I uh, I went to Scotland, and um, I this was back when I lived in Savannah, and I called into the radio station and did a, did a traffic report from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> but i was on i was in this tiny little (laughs) island called bara so my traffic report was like oh there's a sheep oh there's another sheep i didn't
2: ken what's going on out in i5 i did i did a ken i did i did i
1: did a kin no i didn't touch a magic stone and disappear or anything like that although that would have been fun um so I can do that for you, Lori. I can I can call in with a with a Quarna traffic report. I love oh, it. There's a little old lady crossing the street with a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out that we'll figure that out. In fact, let's look at that right now. Let's let's look at the world clock and see what time it is in. Oh yeah, what's, what's the time, time
0: difference? difference?
1: Let's look at Milan. So, Milan, Italy. Is currently eleven p.m. and we're at two, so it's eight hours ahead. Hmm. Okay. Well, no, let's nine. let's work Sorry. on that. Math is hard. Nine hours. Ahead. I know math is hard. So is, so are words. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll we'll figure that out. Oh, and I'm and I'm taking an Italian class too. I'm learning Italian thirty minutes a day. <laughs> wow. What 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 are you uh, using? Rosetta Stone or uh, Pimsleur? Hmm. Yeah, Pimsleur is. I did. Pimsleur before I went to Greece and I literally ended up using a phrase on the very first day I'm like oh my god <laughs> so.
2: You know what you have to have um on hand is like Google Translate or something yeah. you know so that I you do. can uh, yeah yeah
1: I have that app yeah there's a Google Translate app on the phone yeah that that'll help too I think I'll disappoint I will be disappointingly to find out that most people speak English <laughs> so it's not really that that useful, and the one time I needed it in, in France, the one time I, I I could have used it is I was in this little village where my I like I actually understand French because I took it in high school. I wish I'd taken typing; that would have been more useful. But as it happens, I took French, and and I remembered it, enough of it to get around. But I was in this little village where they actually had an accent; they had like a Southern French accent. So it's kind of like imagine if you learned English. And then, like, you went to Savannah, Georgia. Everybody talks like this and can't understand. It. Like, like, <laughs> is, is that English? And I remember being in this village, being like, "Is that French?" <laughs> I didn't even know that anybody would speak French here, but it turns out they had an accent. So, you know, my luck, that'll happen in Italy too. I'll get to the accent place, and it won't. None of it'll matter.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, that was You're like I can't translate this. <laughs> Why can't I translate this? I mean,
0: I have hard enough time when I'm trying to voice a text and it... Right.
2: <laughs> I look back and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. there. There's actually this device. If you have someone talking to it from a different language, it'll automatically say it out loud for you in English. I don't know what it's called, but I remember thinking of getting it for my kid when he went to Tokyo it turns out you didn't need it, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Cause everybody speaks English, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if that'd be something you'd be interested in just for the airports or something or the, you know, where's the bathroom. And I think, I think you can also like speak English to it and then it'll say it in whatever language you need it to out loud for the person you're talking to. Oh my I gosh. Thought- <laughs> That's craziness. <laughs> Probably just a lot of waste of time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I said. <Right. laughs>
1: I know. It's like when you're
0: trying to listen to someone who's translating and all of a sudden you're like, wait, who's saying what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right.
0: I'm so confused. Uh-huh. Um, so I have something.
1: What? Yes.
0: I did an interview yesterday for my spotlight podcast in the radio station with. Yes.
2: Amanda Knox! <gasps> Whoa!
0: Holy smokes! Good get! She was awesome.
2: God, speaking of Italy, you know, yeah. that's where yeah. that it all happened. There is why, yeah. Mm.
0: What did you talk about? Well, you know, I went on her website to ask her if she'd be on the show. And it said, you know, here are some good reasons to... Um, to email amanda if you want to interview blah 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 blah. here's some bad reasons if you want to harass her or accuse her because she's still getting a lot of that but um we talked about their podcast which uh interviews a lot of people who have been exonerated and on my way in i was listening to the new season where they're talking about her infertility What's funny is she started laughing. She goes, yeah, I'm Amanda Knox and things are easy for me. And her husband goes, well, yeah, the 20s were (laughs) kind (laughs) of rough. She is so So smart and brilliant and had so many amazing things to say. I I mean, wise beyond her years.
1: Yeah. Well, she's been through something that. That that yeah. most people fortunately never have to go through. Mm-hmm. What is so her podcast she talks to other people who've been falsely accused and then ultimately exonerated of crimes?
0: Yes. And it's called Labyrinths. Labyrinths. Labyrinth. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's also some other issues. For instance, they interviewed the women who were the defenders for Larry
1: Nassar. Really? The, the, that's the gymnastics coach
0: guy. Right. I said, that was a hard one. She goes, yeah, but here's the thing, whether you're guilty or innocent, you're innocent until proven guilty and you deserve, you know, you deserve somebody to, you know, back you up. And, and she said, it was never an issue of whether he was guilty or not. It was, he's guilty. Let's be fair. But I thought it was really amazing. And so they really breach a lot of subjects that are very touchy and, kind of showed the flip side of it.
1: Right. It, it is true. that That is what, what differs our legal system from others in other countries, which is that most places you are guilty until proven innocent, and here you're innocent until proven guilty, and you are entitled to a defense, and there are people who are wrongly convicted of crimes, and there should be good attorneys defending them, and some public defenders are excellent, and some are just kind of thrown into it and aren't necessarily equipped to deal with it. And it's interesting um, that she is that she's so interested in hearing both and all sides of that. You, she would um, have every right to hide away, be angry, not be an advocate, live her life privately. She would be entitled to do any of those things if she wanted to. And I just love that she is like, no, I'm going to come out and I'm going to speak. And I'm going to expose all sides of of, of of justice systems.
0: Right. And she is with the um, Innocence Project, which has gotten hundreds of people out of jail that were wrongly convicted. Mm-hmm. And so she's part of that. And then also she interviewed a woman that had been um, raped by Harvey Weinstein, and she didn't want to go to trial. She wanted to say... What happened, but she didn't want to go through everything they make the women go through because they totally downgrade you, humiliate you. And she didn't want to do that, but she still wanted, you know, um, something to happen. Well, women everywhere were going, you have let us down. And, you know, so they explored that and said, you know, not everybody can go through that kind of intense, you know, taking everything out, accusing you of what you're wearing, what you said, what you drank, what you, you know. And so um, they talked about that. And it's just been amazing the different topics that they do cover. And um, her husband is very brilliant, too. And he's kind of got a dry sense of humor. But they do really good together. So I'm really looking forward to this next season, season two of Labyrinths.
1: That is so cool that she was on your show. What did you write in your email to her that, that made her go, yeah, I want to do that one?
0: Well, I told her that I um, would love to talk about her podcast. I said how much I loved it. I gave a couple episodes that I really liked. And I said, this: we, we can just talk about this. If you want to talk about anything else, go ahead. Well, then on the way in, I heard the the one about uh, the infertility And so we just started right off with that. I didn't even do an introduction. We just started talking and she's just very engaging. And uh, it was it was a wonderful it was a wonderful interview. and, And I like I interviewed one of my heroes, Dr. Caroline Leaf. I love her, love her, love her. But she she was promoting her book and she had something she was saying. And I didn't really get to be curious. You know, it was just like this is the book, this is what we're talking about. But with Amanda, I think she was really pleased to talk about the podcast and not the case. You know, right. So um, yeah, so I'll let you know when that comes out. I'm pretty excited about it.
2: Did you guys talk anything about maybe people that still, you know, might think she's she had lied about the whole thing or whatever
0: she hinted at all these different things so i feel like if you listen you'll hear a lot number one when Uh she started dating what is now her husband people were photoshopping knives in his hands you (gasps) know and she said see (coughs) i used to work at um at a building that she was in the cafe down below working And we knew it was her. It was because Alex was there and he knew exactly who she was. But we just gave her her space. You know, we didn't want her to feel like, oh, everyone knows who I am. And she said, you know, she was working in a bookstore once and this guy came in and he just started accusing her and they had to go hide her in the back room. Mm. So there's still people that think she she's not innocent, which I mean, spend a minute with her for heaven's sakes. Right. (laughs) There's no way. And, you know, if she would have got home an hour earlier, it would have been her.
1: Right. Did you talk at all? uh, Probably not, but I'm just curious. I I would love her take on, like, uh, uh, in that regard, like tabloid media in general. Like, people think they know who she is and what she did because they watched like a five-minute blurb on Inside Edition, right? Not because they have any facts about what happened or didn't happen. And even if they think they did it, their opinion is not based on any any study of the evidence on their own, but simply because Greta Van Susteren said she did it, right? I mean, that that's what drives me crazy.
0: Yeah, and that that was hard. But she has two tattoos. One one looks like our sound wave, you know, in the radio here, but it's a um, it's a electronic uh, like an engineer would use to sort things out. And so, if something's too hot or too much, it it tones it down so that you're getting the real thing. So, and Ooh. then she had this. Uh, Venn diagram. Is that when you have uh, different pictures? And it was like, if you're sitting talking to someone first, you listen, and then you hear what they have to say. And then you don't look for the weakness. You look for the strength in what they're saying. And then you decide if you can just agree to disagree, agree to disagree and still be okay with each other, even though you think differently. And her last comment was just like, truth is so important to me. And if Mm. if we just say what other people say, we're not speaking truth. So we have to filter what we're saying and we have to be committed to if we hear something, we're responsible to find out if it is true or not. So I thought that spoke volumes without saying it, you know.
1: Wow. You that just distilled. The entire last four years. <laughs> if you hear something, you are responsible for determining whether it's true before you repeat it.
0: That's what I said. I had said, "Oh, you've mm. had a few years to put
1: this into practice, haven't you?" Well, how did she respond to that?
0: That's so she funny. laughed. She thought she got it. <laughs> that was. I was a little Twitter-pated, but it was it was wonderful, and she was just so easy to talk to, and um, she had a lot of amazing things to say.
1: Is it fun for you to be nervous about an interview after all this time?
0: It kind of is because normally I I I'm always a little nervous if I don't know them, you know, but I I know that I'm the professional and they're expecting me to guide them, you know, so I I just ask strong questions and, you know, but with her it was really hard to uh, I I'm, I'm sure I had to take out a lot of my stutterings. <laughs>
2: Gosh, I I'm tripping right now because I I'll be honest, I even after everything was said and done, I wasn't all the way sure if she was really innocent. I should I should listen to your interview because I do want to be on that page. I want to be like you know I don't think I followed that closely, but it was so well known. It was t- I, I'm tainted. My um uh, view of her had been tainted for such a long time. I, I think I should, I, maybe I should listen to her podcast and listen to your uh, to interview because I, I probably only have like one side of everything in my head all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a lot of people could, could benefit from doing that too. Yeah,
0: then we can talk about it and see where you're at. For me, she was yeah. pretty close to the age of my daughter and I just all I could think is if my daughter was in another country. Mm, and they yeah. said mm-hmm. she had done something so horrendous. And we had our friend Alex, who was her age as well. And mm-hmm. he he would just shake his head, you know, because he went to the University of Washington with her. He's like, "This no way. And so I think I always erred on the side of she's innocent and not for mm-hmm. the truth reasons, because it was like I was just imagining if my kid was over there and something so horrendous happened and they got they didn't even have evidence, you know. So,
2: right. Yeah. And her yeah. behavior
0: <laughs> oh. was so unusual because she had no idea they thought she did it.
2: And they, they never caught
1: the, the real the person. Right. I think they who, finally did. They did. They, oh, did. they did. they yeah. did. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, they did. It took a while. It was a man. And I can't remember the circumstances. He had done something else and they they backwardsly linked him to it. The the other thing I remember about it, and I get, uh, and I need to sort out my own version of you know the tabloid details is that, you know, people want to jump on people who have who have what you would consider an alternate lifestyle or make alternate choices than than you might make, and um, I remember you know so you're just because you you know do something socially or sexually in a way that you don't do it doesn't mean a crime was committed. And people want to jump on people and blame people who who have alternate lifestyles. And I'm not saying, I don't even know if she does or doesn't. Like I said, I don't recall, you know, what was fact and what was fiction enough off the top of my head right now. But I just remember thinking, you know, so what if she's bisexual, whether she is or not? You know, that doesn't make you guilty of a crime. You know, there was a a case in, in San Diego where a child went missing because the parents left the child alone in the home for a few hours. And as it happens, the parents had gone to like a a, a party where you would engage with other couples.
0: Swinger type. But,
1: yeah, like a swinger type deal. That's not a crime. The crime is leaving your child home alone to go do that. Mm-hmm. They should not have done that. But it they could have gone to play bridge and just been just as guilty of leaving, you know, the child alone as it is what they went and engaged in. And they were just raked over the coals for their behavior. And as it happens, I believe the child was eventually found safe, which is a miracle. That kind of stuff never happens. But um, they never got over the stigma of what it was they had gone to do, you know. And I just felt that was so unfair.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. They dig up everything. And that goes back to the woman who I'm sorry, I can't think of her name right now who was, you know, raped by Weinstein. And she's like, I don't want everything coming out from my teen years to my whatever, mm-hmm. you know, anything mm-hmm. I've done or said or blinked wrong, you know, and it that's yeah. under, to me, that's understandable.
2: Yeah, everything comes out. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then people just come up with their own conclusions. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I I love her commitment to the truth. You know, let's really be truth seekers.
2: Amanda, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry I thought this. (laughs) On behalf of the United States, we wish to apologize. We can't speak for the other countries, but we apologize for us. And she
0: she even said, you know, she met some people in prison that had done crimes, But she could see their humanity, and so she's part of this project—I can't think of the name right now—where they match people out here in with people in prisons, and they go visit. And the purpose is to see their humanity because, you know, the system is pretty messed up. And so with a prisoner, if you can see their humanity, care about them, they may come out better people because somebody cared about them. So that's the project she's working on, which sounds really amazing, too.
1: Wow, that's she's doing a lot, you know. Again, for somebody who has every right to just go be a private citizen, that's that's pretty cool that she's doing so much. I'm sorry to hear about the infertility issues. What um what kinds of things are they? How are they dealing with that? Um, she
0: couldn't tell me because it was only the first podcast, so she couldn't let the cat out of the bag. But uh, gotcha. they, she said, you know, I've tried to be um, so diligent my whole life. I've had IUDs. I've done good Planned Parenthood. I've worked very hard not to accidentally get pregnant. I've used birth control. She goes, so I go to birth con- uh, Planned Parenthood, and I say, hey, this is Planned Parenthood. I'm planning. And so they, you know, got her ready, took out her IUD and everything, and her and her husband just thought – we're good to go, you know, because they always tell you when you're growing up. One mistake, one mistake, and you'll get pregnant. Well, they mm-hmm. couldn't get pregnant, but finally they did, and the it didn't, it wasn't viable, and mm. so then they've been trying and trying and uh, they. It, she was like, um, however many weeks before you do the ultrasound, and she went in and they said, come back in two weeks, and they never found the heartbeat. So it was a missed miscarriage. You know, like usually you have a miscarriage, you know, you're doing that, but it was just in there. So now they haven't been able to get pregnant as to now, as far as I know. And she said, there are so many people coming out of the woodwork saying, nobody talks about this. It happened to us. And everyone just wants to say, go adopt or whatever. You know, people just say the dumbest Mm -hmm. things. So Mm.
1: one of my, uh, one of my heroes, my TV heroes, uh, Amanda Tapping, who's an actress that was on, um, Stargate SG one. Um, and now, she, now she's a really successful director and does a lot of things. But she started talking about two or three years ago on a podcast. She was someone had interviewed her, and she started talking about miscarriages. She had like eight or nine of them, I think, during oh. the run of Stargate. Oh, and God. it's like she is the most. Happy, bubbly, like all the interviews about her always talk about how she was the most welcoming on the set and everybody loved her and just like how much fun she is. And meanwhile, she was just year after year after year going through this immense sorrow and nobody <sighs> talked about it. She couldn't ever, she never heard anybody talk about it. So then she had a daughter. Her daughter, I think, is like, I don't know, 13 or 14 now. That's the only child they ever successfully conceived. And after a time, they they just stopped trying. Um, but it was like she decided to start talking about it too, because it's so common and so heartbreaking when it happens and people don't understand, like you were just saying, they're like, oh, you'll have another one or, oh, you can adopt or, you right. know, people tend to kind of gloss over it. And she feels like it's just, it, it, you know, as with many things, the more you talk about it, the more you can normalize it, the easier it is for you to find solutions instead of shame.
0: Exactly. And there's a lot of shame and blame. And blame, right. Because what have I done? What's wrong with me? I've failed. So yeah, it's very interesting. And she said, I'm so glad we decided to go public with this because it was so hard and so hurtful. And she goes, I just thought this kind of thing doesn't really happen to people. And now she goes, it happens to so many people. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Stay tuned. Yeah, you'll let us know when we can hear it. You're, you won't tell us everything because we have to listen to it. That's right. No spoilers.
2: <laughs> I was uh, watching the news last night. I, don't, I, I wanted to see if you guys would be surprised by this. This news was that they were saying that domestic violence calls have gone way up here in Washington State. But then if you actually Google that for this year, it seems like it's just around the world. The reason why they pointed out Washington State, besides that it was local news here. But the story came out after a man shot and killed his wife, where she worked at Sam's Tavern
1: in, in downtown Bellevue. Did I did see that story? I was wondering that I didn't know officially it was a domestic violence story. What happened?
2: Um, I guess she was seeing another man,
1: um, and uh, so like so they were they were broken up. They were divorced or they were separated.
2: Well, it just said his estranged wife.
1: Um, gotcha. Right. Aww. And
2: so people saw it. He just walked into the bar and shot, shot her. And she was an employee there. He runs away, throws his gun at a nearby construction site, and then she eventually uh, passed away Ugh. from her injuries. Um, so this is in Bellevue. Um, and then yesterday... At the movie theater that's down the street from where we work. Uh-oh. uh Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't hear about this? Um, yes, yeah, someone, no. um, someone shot someone at the the back parking lot over there, and um, and the guy died from his injury. Um, that movie
1: theater is not open, is it?
2: I think it is. Oh, is it I don't now? Know. Okay.
1: Recently, okay. I don't know.
2: Recently, no. okay. So it, it it has been open, okay, Re- as as of recently.
1: Wow, so there would, there would be a reason for people to to be there. Oh my goodness. Was that domestic violence also or just we don't know what that was.
2: The investigators think that he, the guys knew each other.
1: Yeah, so that definitely sucks.
0: Definitely <laughs> domestic violence calls have been up since COVID and um which it, w- was hard because you know all the police have to do is show up and what did they say? Oh we we've, we've been exposed and then they can't go in and right. this was one of the teachers biggest worries of the kids they knew uh were going to be staying home with s- bad situations yeah so yeah it's um it's very sad and you know there we're trying to there's kind of a movement of trying to change the word domestic violence to coercive control because coercive control is illegal domestic violence isn't. Oh. And huh. it's, it, judges don't know what to do. So if they're a family court judge and they're working on a divorce and then they bring up domestic violence, the judge isn't actually trained in that. And that's why they lean on the um, liaisons. But a lot of times they don't give the right information. Um, and so uh, making it coercive control makes it illegal, which takes it through a different court because so many women once they say it's domestic violence and they're worried for their kids they almost automatically give control to the man and assume that she's falsely accusing to in order to get the kids
1: wow so what is the definition of coercive control
0: i'm glad you asked Uh, You're probably familiar with some forms of domestic violence, like physical, verbal abuse, but there's a more subtle type of abusive behavior that's equally harmful. Coercive control is a strategic form of ongoing oppression and terrorism used to instill fear. The abuser will use tactics such as limiting access to money, monitoring all communication as a control uh, effort. (coughs) Okay, well, this form of abuse is illegal in some countries, including the United Kingdom. It's not considered, oh, it's not considered illegal in the U.S. unless a crime has been committed. So if you are coercively controlling someone and you, I don't know, kill them, hurt them, whatever, and there's a crime, then it's illegal. But if they just do it, I guess they – but I know the person who made the law happen in the United Kingdom. I listened to her podcast, and she's working very hard now in the United States to make it illegal.
1: Right. So if it's, if it, interesting, so if it, if it's part of an ongoing situation, then it's considered a part of the crime, but on its own, it's not. Oh, that's, that's hard because, you know, you can't, first of all, you, you have to recognize you're in it. A lot of women, I shouldn't say women, a lot of people probably takes a while to even recognize that you are being controlled in that way, let alone find the means to get out from under it.
0: Exactly. And then they say, well, why didn't you say something earlier? But they're being controlled and probably threatened. Mm -hmm. You know, you tell anyone and I'm going to kill your dog or, you know.
1: Right.
2: You know, it'd be great if someone created some way of showing what it looks like, because it's not it's not an easy thing for people to recognize on their own, especially if they're in it. Gosh, I'm trying to think of, like, some of the movies. Um, Enough. That could... Remember that movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that. Sleeping with the Enemy. Um, I remember that one. There's one I can't think of. Though Farrah, Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett.
0: Farrah Fawcett was in one. Remember Farrah Fawcett? <gasps> the Burning yes. Bed. Yes. yes.
1: The Burning Bed. That was kind of the extreme version. But, um, yeah, fascinating. True story. Is that the one where she turns the tables? no. That's a different one. That's called Extremities. That was actually, that's a good one, too. That's a Broadway play um, that I forgot about that movie that Farrah Fawcett was in. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's different. Here's some
0: signs. They isolate you from your support system, move you out of town or, you know, make your family hate them so that you can't have contact with your family. They monitor Mm. your activity throughout the day, whether through um, social media, through your phone. They deny you freedom and autonomy, which often you think, oh, isn't that sweet? He loves me so much. Gaslighting, which the abuser always must be right. And they will force the victim to acknowledge this. They'll manipulate, lie, and gaslight to get their way and convince you that you're wrong. Name-calling and putting you down. Limiting your access to money. Reinforcing traditional gender roles. Turning your kids against you. Controlling Aspects of Your Health and Body, Making Jealous Accusations, Regulating Your Sexual Relationship, and Threatening Your Children or Pets.
2: Where'd you get that list? That's really a good thing for people to know.
0: It's from yeah. Healthline.com, and I did a story on it. If you go to Warm 106.9, to just the, the main page, and I think it's maybe just go back a couple of pages, and you'll see the article on it.
1: So... These things are, this is a problem in of itself. You don't have to wait for or expect it to escalate to physical violence. These things alone are grounds that you are not in a healthy relationship.
0: Exactly. And it's hard when there's not bruises because people don't believe you. But the good news is there is more help for getting out. And so um, some things you do is you maintain communication with your support system whenever possible, but you ask them not to confront the abuser. I just added that in because a lot of times family's like, I'm going to tell him. Well, that just makes you in more danger. Call Mm -hmm. the domestic violence hotline regularly. Keep track of where your nearest public phone is. There's also an app on your phone. I think it's called Aspire News, and it's actually a help. So it looks like you're looking at news, but you're actually reporting that you're in danger. And then practice how to get out safely and practice often. And part of the problem is people think, well, it's not that bad, although they know it is, but... You have to have a safety plan. You have to know you have to have a backpack with enough food and money and clothes if you get away and you have to hide out or whatever it takes. So, you know, if you call a domestic violence hotline, they will walk you through it, talk you through it, help you get. It's not you just don't wake up one day and leave. You have to make a safety plan. And as right. a coach, I've worked people through this. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I had to do this in my second brief marriage. I had to escape with my children. Oh. It was hard because uh, he blew up all the phones where I was. He, he must have put a tracking device on my car. And he was a computer whiz. And so I didn't know Like I think he was finding my email because I was a landscaper and I was emailing my clients. And so he was showing up at my workplace. And um, it was very scary. I read a book called The Gift of Fear. Every woman should read it. It really shows you that a lot of these people that are in coercive control, it's easy to think, oh, they really like me, you know, and then you get in a relationship and you realize, oh, they want to control me.
1: Right. But if you have never seen what a healthy relationship looks like, you may not realize it. Exactly. Yes. And
0: and that's why mm-hmm. people do get in. But also, um, a lot of people get in because they're so charming and convincing. And so um, I remember a client saying, I said, would you consider going to a domestic violence class? And they're like, why? And, you know, I had seen the signs. And when, when they went, they were so blown away. And they, they said, they just cried and said, I don't want this to be me. And I said, but it is. And you're smart Ooh. and you're brilliant and you're going to work through this. But, of course, it didn't happen overnight. It was a very slow roll to get her courage up, to get her confidence up, to get things in place. And um, it is, you know, it's it's a big deal and it's a scary deal. And the worst thing we can do as a friend or family member is confront the abuser. All it will do is escalate, make things worse for them, and maybe make things escalate way sooner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And trust your instinct. You know, it's easy to go, oh, no, it's it's just my imagination. No. If you know these things are happening to you, then get help. And if you're in mm-hmm. real danger, call 911. And um, unfortunately, police have a hard time going to domestic violence because often the person being abused changed their mind. So they try to press charges and then she goes, Oh no, it's okay. And that's what makes it really hard. And they always say, if you don't press charges, you're going to end up dead. Police always right. say that to the women. And yet, you know, they're scared. They want to give them a second chance. They want to give the benefit of the doubt. And um and plus they're gas they gaslight them and so they are not confident. They think, oh, maybe I am crazy. Maybe I'm making all this up.
1: If you are if you are a friend or acquaintance of someone and you know that it's happening but they're not taking steps, what can you do?
0: Gosh, here's the yeah. best thing you can do. You remember this, Claire? Validation. When they say something's going on, rather than "Oh my God," say "Oh, that must be really hard." Oh, what mm-hmm. do you think's going on there? Um, you know, uh, and then. Also, you call the domestic violence line and say, hey, I have a friend going through this. They will help you. And then you say to your friend all the time, there's a domestic violence line. If you need help, there's help. But you don't push them because if they go before they're ready, they're just going to go back. The the uh, statistic for going back is seven times. Seven
1: times?
0: Yeah, because a lot of times people force them into it or they... You know, they haven't really made up their mind. And so, um, you know, if they if you can get them to see it on their own and then they decide they might not go back because they made that decision. Nobody forced them to. You've got to get help. You've got to get out. It's just like be steady. Always say, yeah, you know, it's not normal for men to hit their wives. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not normal that you always have to be wrong. You know, no, it's not normal that if I can't find you, I'm supposed to go look in your yard for a pile of dirt because he shot you, right? I mean, they Mm -hmm. say things that they don't even realize aren't normal.
2: There's a sign language for domestic violence. So if you happen to be like on a Zoom call or FaceTime, maybe someone you love just looks into the camera and does this sign language thing. So what it looks like is a Sign language that's sort of a motion. So first you start off with four fingers up in the air. It looks like kind of the Girl Scout pledge. Only this is four fingers up in the air and your thumb in. And then you do the motion of putting all four fingers down over your thumb. Yeah. So if you see that they do recognize that they need help, what what do you do at that point? Do you call nine one one? You get that signal. That means they're
0: admitting they're in danger. Yes, you call 911. And you don't ask questions. You don't try to get them to say anything else. But it's like the letter B in sign language, where your thumb is across your palm and your other fingers are uh, straight up and together, and then you fold down. If you see somebody do that, call 911. If you are in danger and you see someone, you're walking down the road with him and you're in danger, do that. Somebody has got to recognize it.
1: I never, never heard this.
0: Yeah, I did. Again, I did another post about that because I feel like people, the more we know, the more we can help. And, you know, the more we can protect people. And Mm -hmm. um, it it is a very real thing. And a lot of times, you know, uh, the guy is very manipulative and very um, uh, loving and kind to other people. So it's hard. So my guy was just big old friendly teddy bear. And then finally a friend saw him in action and she was my biggest advocate. She came beside me. She kept every crazy email. She, I mean, she was my witness. And so I knew um, when I could get away that I knew she would have all, everything I needed in her files. She would be able to say what she saw. And um, it's really important to have... You know, if she would have been, you gotta get out and you know, I I wouldn't have been able to trust her, but because she, you know, validated me, said this isn't okay and, you know, listened to me. I told her about my exit plan, you know, she was there for me. And and long time thereafter, (laughs) she basically helped me raise my kids on my own. So yeah.
2: Did you do you feel like you didn't recognize it then when your friend did? Uh, No, in fact, I, you know, at all.
0: No, Mm -hmm. my second marriage, he was mean, but I thought I just didn't know what to do. And the school counselor, she came to my house and my son had been in a support group and he told her that he had taken my keys and my purse And so I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. And what he had done is he took my purse and threw it up on the barn. Well, the neighbor called and said, it looks like there's a purse up on your barn. (laughs) She came and she said, listen, if you don't do something, I have to call CPS. Even though he's not actually physically hurting you all, he's mentally hurting you. If you don't go, I have to call CPS. And I was grateful for that, that she gave me that warning. And I I packed up the kids and I left. And it was hard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you think she, I'm just curious if she really meant that or that was the thing that she could say to you that got you to act?
0: I think she meant it because she is a mandated reporter.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: And it was very Mm. kind of her uh, to give me the heads up. And I said, I don't know what to do. And and then she offered me some information, some phone numbers, and helped me get started. Um, There is help. And you might think because they've convinced you no one will believe you, there are people that will believe you. And if somebody says I think I'm being abused, just say I believe you, and have them call the domestic violence. Help them get where they need. But always say I believe you. I believe you.
1: I keep thinking about what you said about that one person who said I don't. I don't want to be that person. You don't get to. You don't get to choose that always. You know. And what what does that mean? There's no. There's no judgment. There's no. No one, no one set out to be that person. Right. And it's doctors and
0: and lawyers as well as homeless people. I mean, there's there's no boundaries. Yeah. Oh,
2: wow. Yeah.
0: And that's what's Um, hard is if it's like a doctor, you know, people don't want to believe that. Anna and I worked with someone who um, basically had gotten away and their husband was a doctor and everyone took his side.
2: I was also thinking of a friend you have who you were realizing, I know, that she's in a very abusive relationship and he's just not letting her out or something like that. Did she ever get out?
0: Yeah, well, you know, she came back and we talked about it and she decided to stay. And I think (gasps) that maybe they've done some counseling around it because he had PTSD and was triggered. That was very hard. And I kept saying, you know, this isn't normal, but he loves me. Of course he loves you, but this isn't how you treat the people you love. Do you feel like there's hope for the both of them? Um, I, I do think so because I think uh, they're very aware. And I think that, um, you know, once they really recognized how volatile their relationship was and they went, we don't want to do this anymore, then they started seeking some help. And if both parties are willing... And the counselor can, you know, validate change. Like, so some couples I know, they both go and the um, the one says, oh, my counselor says I don't need counseling. I'm fine. It's you. Then, you know. Right. Because they're not going to continue counseling. So there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that um, go with that. But that's where the domestic violence line comes in, because they'll go classic. That's what they all say. You're like,
2: what? So, so let me ask you this. I'm going to, I'm going to go deeper. If it was, if, if let's say she is one of, one of your children or one of your grandchildren who has that same relationship, would you still be worried or would you be like, okay, you know what, there, there, there's people keeping an eye on them and they're seeking help. Would you be more on the worried side or the relief side? Um,
0: I I think that I would have an intuition whether it was going to work or not. But um, it's the same as having a child who's a drug addict. Once they're out of your house and they're adults, you can't control them. And if you're trying to control them, then you become the enemy and the controlling husband becomes, or wife, because it does happen to um, men, can be controlled. Uh, then you become the enemy and they will gang up against you. So you have to be accepting and loving, but validating. And it's hard. But Mm. the minute you start standing up um, in in a harsh way and making a judgment and saying you need to, then you're trying to take away their control and they will choose the abuser because they've got a a higher price to pay if he's mad. Mm. And that's why people don't understand. And they think, well, I'm going to take care of this. Well, they're not. All they're doing is making it harder. And that is how they get Remember the first thing is they isolate. So mm-hmm. if if Mama Bear is mad and making waves, he's going to get you away from Mama Bear.
1: Mm-hmm. Jeez.
0: Yeah. It's very real. And, um, yeah, I hope this helps somebody.
2: Oof. You know, the reason why I wanted to try to, like, try to, there, there are some movies that were out uh, that just, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's just so... I don't know if triggering, but it's kind of like you just don't want your loved ones to be in that situation. And, and you you know, some people might feel so desperate to get their daughters, sons, you know, anybody that they love out of that situation. Their mothers, if they, you know, remarried or their fathers, you know, if they just I'm sure there are so many desperate people trying to get their loved ones out of a very bad relationship. And or the bad best situation. thing.
0: Yeah. Is to call that domestic violence hotline. It's for family. They have support groups. They will help you walk through it and help you know the best ways to help your child and vice versa. If you're a child and your mom's married into, Oh my gosh. Have you guys seen? Uh, oh my gosh. What is it? Um, uh, just a minute
2: there's a tv movie that that had it was like a lifetime movie do you remember gosh i can't even it was just uh not if i knew who the the actors were i could just be like yeah you remember that movie and everybody would be like yeah
1: but i can't i just keep thinking of big little lies like a lot of the things that she's describing happened in, it's a, based on a book, and it was uh, Reese Witherspoon and um, Nicole Kidman and um, Alexander Sarsgaard. Oh, and there, there's a, yeah, there are a lot I've of seen that. that. Oh. Yeah, a lot of things that happen in it, yeah. but their relationship, Nicole Kidman and Alexander Sarsgaard, is, is very, um, sort of the sex and violence are kind of wrapped up together, and it takes her a while to realize that she really is a victim of domestic abuse, but like there's so much disbelief because he's so handsome and so successful and and like just this like wonderful guy and she has a picture perfect life with these beautiful children and and it goes through all of what you're talking about with making a plan having an escape plan and the different things that the steps that she takes before she ultimately makes a decision you know to leave him um and there's a lot more to the story that 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 then it's kind of wrapped up in it but it's definitely an indication of these are really, you know, I don't want to be that kind of person. Anybody can be that kind of person. And this is an example of a relationship where from the outside in everything is perfect and how difficult it is to get away from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this yeah. this one I'm thinking about, I'll find the name. Um, but she met this guy, fell in love with him and. Married him quickly. He said he was a doctor. The family had some weird feelings about it. Well, then he started trying to he isolated her. This is a true story. And that's the reason they made it into a movie. And then he started kind of coming up against the kids. Well, in the end, he went after one daughter and she had a dog with her. Unfortunately, that's the way she survived. He had set out to kill her. He had finally cracked and lost it, but he had lied and convinced her and she kept telling her kids, Here, it's fine, you know, and right. they, it was, oh, I wish I could remember the, dirt, I want to say Dirty John. Does that make
1: sense? No. Oh, that might be it. Yeah. Sharon's been watching that. Yeah. Or I had, did watch it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying because he's such a good, yeah, this is it, Dirty John. And um, it's a podcast. It's also a movie. And it's a true story. And she tells Mm -hmm. the story, even though it makes her look really stupid. She's not. But it looks like that because you think, how could she not know? But, you know, when you fall in love with someone, you just believe him. And he, he could spin everything just enough that she was like, huh, yeah, I get it
2: well my goodness we are out of time ladies
0: that ended on a hard note we usually end with laughter but <laughs>
2: well, you want me to share something with you that a friend posted yeah sure. it was a meme of a toddler looking smug holding a sign that said jesus doesn't need to take the wheel he needs to pull over and spank some of y'all with his flip flop <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh, there there's there your end <laughs> thank you guys more therapy maybe we should change the title of our podcast to free therapy <laughs> yeah free therapy or not yeah
1: uh, and where can we find you when we need you guys you can find me on twitter at claire beverly
2: and I'm Facebook Coach Lori. And then we also have the Listen and Learn or Not Facebook page. And I am at I'm Anna D on Twitter. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. This is Listen and Learn for Not.
1: not.